Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Titan. Uh, and we are a web consultancy based out of Chicago, but we are entirely remote. We've got employees across North America. Uh, if you've never heard of Titan, uh, we specialize in Laravel, which is a PHP framework. We tend to think it's the best PHP framework. And we're often pairing that with any number of JavaScript frameworks and libraries. And clients hire us to do awesome work for them. I'm your host, Dave Hicking. And this week, I'm joined by Sarah Bine, a lead programmer at Titan. Um, Sarah, for folks who don't know you, can you say a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm a lead programmer at Titan. I've been working here for a couple of years, and I've done a whole bunch of projects ranging from like Greenfield to Super Legacy. Do you have a preference for what kind of project you like to work on? Uh, to be honest, not really. I kind of enjoy variety. So I do like Greenfield projects because you get to dabble in new technology. But I also like uh, like rescue legacy projects where you bring something back that's sort of been neglected for a lot of years and modernize it. It's funny that you bring up a Greenfield project. Actually, this project that I want to talk to you about that we worked on, it was mostly Greenfield, maybe a little bit of legacy as well. But um, we uh, last year, you and I worked together. And by folks, when I say you and I, when I'm talking with Sarah, please know I'm simply serving as like a project manager. Sarah's doing all the actual work here. Um, Sarah worked on a project that utilized native script view, um, which I think it was the first time that I had ever been on a client project uh, where we use that technology. So before you started this project, how familiar were you with options for web devs who want to make mobile apps? And specifically, was there something about native script that you already had sort of heard about and knew about? Um, I was not that familiar with options. I had heard of React Native mostly, um, and then obviously vanilla development for mobile like Kotlin and Swift, but I didn't really know much myself. I'd only done websites. I'd never done a mobile app before, uh, but I know Vue.js, so native script Vue was appealing because I could use the Vue skills that I already knew. And by the time that folks are hearing this, I think you will have a blog post on Titan, uh, Titan's website, titan.co, where you are talking a bit about uh, what it's like to get spun up on native script view, right? Yeah, I hope we will have it published by then. <laughs> if not, it will be coming soon. And so uh, I had the luxury of taking a look at that. And I think it's a super interesting blog post to somebody who, you know, I'm on the other side of this always where I, I'm i talking to the client and I'm, you know, I'm talking to you and I'm getting a high level stuff, but I don't get a chance to really dive deep with, with tech. And so I have a question for you. I have a couple questions for you actually. So when you're working on a project with a client, I feel like I say you, but what I mean is one, right? One always wants to have a sense of like how willing that client is or isn't to use newer technology, right? Sometimes we get clients who are hesitant for lots of great reasons, right? Where they might have a legacy code base. They might uh, be a part of a large corporation with an IT department that has rules and regulations and processes. Uh, in this case, we had a client who was specifically interested in using native script view. As a dev, did that reduce any anxiety that you might normally get when using a tech that was still pretty raw at the time? Yeah, it did. I mean, it made the choice a lot easier. So uh, it was easier for me to select native script view, knowing that the client only had experience with Vue and was interested in using it anyway. Uh, they weren't really that interested in React Native or the other options. So it made the selection easier uh, and it did sort of give me an indication that their tolerance for brand new bleeding edge technology was pretty high. And speaking of bleeding edge technology. Uh, so Titan typically uses Tailwind on our project. And this one was no different, except you use Tailwind with native script, which was a bit interesting. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, uh, Tailwind was not 
technically supported with NativeScript very easily. There was one library that existed uh, by one of the NativeScript maintainers who wanted to use Tailwind, and it was only possible to use a totally vanilla Tailwind build in NativeScript. But I found myself really missing Tailwind. I love Tailwind. Uh, I wanted to use it in the mobile app, and I wanted to customize it to meet the client's branding standards. So I had to figure out how to make the library work with a custom Tailwind config, and I pull requested that back to the Tailwind library so that I could use it in this app. So we worked on this uh, project last year. As best you can tell now, has it gotten easier to use Tailwind with NativeScript, or is it still kind of a challenge? Uh, I don't think it's gotten easier. I took a look <laughs> at the library, and they've added some stuff, but... It looks like it's about the same. You pretty much just have to uh, build with a custom config file the same way that you had to uh, when I submitted the pull request. And for folks who don't know, I, I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this, uh, especially if you're listening to this because of Titan, you might know what Tailwind is. But for those who are just coming at this from a more gen general web dev perspective, what it, why, without going too deep down the Tailwind rabbit hole, just why is it that you're like, yeah, I want to use Tailwind on something like this? Well, I've used a couple CSS frameworks. To be honest, I'm not a huge fan of writing CSS. It's not really how I like to spend my time. It's kind yeah. of uh, obtuse and hard to debug and hard to write. Tailwind uh, makes me not hate CSS. It is It really shines when it comes to custom designs because you have this config file. Everything's totally configurable and sort of composable with these tiny classes. And it just gives you so much flexibility. There's utility classes for everything you can need. You could add your own. Um, I just find that it's much faster to develop custom designs into working prototypes using Tailwind than anything else. I feel like um, like uh, Adam and Steve should should have, should sponsor this podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we love Tailwind. Um, when you're working on a mobile app that is built using you know these uh, maybe not well I'll call them web languages right but like when you're sort of this promise of oh you can there's this whole promise of well, you can share code or it's the same, you know, it's the same stuff. You're, you know, you write it for view here and then you can just use it here. Considering that this project that we were on wasn't, you weren't just working on the mobile app. You were also working on the regular web app at the same time. Was that something that you were able to do? You know, I didn't actually use any code sharing in this project, but after I did this project, I went and played around with native scripts some more on my own. And I did try code sharing for a personal project yeah. and it was actually pretty straightforward. Uh, you can share your view single file components between web and mobile. Some of the uh, native script stuff is different, like the templates are different. You don't have div elements in native script, so you're not writing the exact same markup. But you have a template section for your mobile app and a template section for your web app, and then you can share the view logic between the two. So it's obviously technically possible, but it sounds like there might be considerations that people would take into account when deciding if they want to share code between mobile and regular. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, um, it does add complexity and you're adding a whole like build step. And I wouldn't necessarily pick it as the default. But if you think there's going to be a lot of logic reuse between your web and mobile app, I would consider it. In this case, the web app was pretty different from the mobile app. Uh, the web app was primarily just an API for the mobile app at first. And other than that, the two weren't really similar. They had different responsibilities. So I didn't think co-chairing made a lot of sense. So uh, I'll dive a bit deeper here. And one thing in, in your blog post that I thought was interesting, which is, so in the blog post, you talk a bit about how nested layouts generate additional view layers. And so if you want to optimize performance for performance, you, you, need to, you're, you're, you advise folks to keep their layouts simple. Can you expand a bit more about the trade-offs there? Yeah, so I didn't get far enough into the mobile app to actually run into issues with this myself. But as I was doing research, I came across a lot of uh, literature about how uh, nested layouts is like the quickest way that it'll 
slow down your performance in your mobile app. So there are different types of layouts in NativeScript. You have like a grid layout, which is like a table. Um, there's dock layout and stack layout. I think there's a couple other ones, but pretty much you're working with these layouts. Each of them generates a view layer. So if you nest too many of them, your view layers become really complex. And on mobile, your screen is dynamic. Like you can change the orientation from portrait to landscape, which has to recalculate how to render mm. everything. So if you have a bunch of layouts, the calculations for that can really bog you down. Yeah, I was going to ask, and you know, I don't know if the literature that you've read gives more details, but like, how big of a performance set are we talking about? Is it something as best you can tell where, you know, if you're targeting older devices, you definitely need to worry about it, but newer devices, maybe not so much, or is it really like a no, no, no? Like if you've got if you've got nested layouts that are complex, and then you're rotate, you know, if you have an app that asks people to rotate the screen, or you expect people to rotate the screen often, it's a real problem. Is do you have a sense of that? It's a good question. Um, I didn't personally personally experience any performance issues from the layouts. Like I said, I didn't quite get that far. But in HTML, you can sort of use divs almost for free. Like people just throw in divs everywhere to make layout easier. You just don't want to do that in mobile apps. That was more what I was getting at. Hmm. You want to be careful about every layout that you add and just make sure that it's something you really need. So they recommend using grid layout. Uh, like I said, it's like a table. It's almost like you would develop a website 10 or 15 years ago using an HTML table. It's kind of similar conceptually to that. So it's kind of like developing old websites. That's the ideal way to develop a native script layout. That's interesting. Um, one, one thing that you and I often talk about internally at Titan, and one thing that we are big advocates on project is to keep accessibility in mind. So on, on a regular web app or a website, that means all sorts of you know, we're going to run contrast checkers. We're going to, you know, we can test to, we can sort of use checkers to make sure that the, you know, the, uh, the web app is using, you know, properly structured HTML and that we're using alt tags and all that sort of stuff. Is there, was that something that you were keeping in mind as well? Because on, on mobile, there are sort of device specific accessibility things that you are sort of that you can hook into or that you can keep in mind there was that something that you were thinking about as you were making this project you know i was curious about it and i believe that some accessibility uh, features are built into native script but i don't actually know the full extent of it um, and it wasn't something that was exposed to me through the native script apis that i saw so i didn't have control over it got it something maybe for us to look more into yeah definitely one thing that your blog post didn't touch on, but is definitely a part of making a mo any mobile app, is publishing the app to an app store. Um, in this case, we, I'm trying to remember, I believe the client handled a lot of like sort of the, call it the paperwork, if, even though there's not much paper involved, right? But sort of the, the process of getting this stuff in. But typically when you're on a project, you don't really have to worry much about getting it live in people's head, right? If you even just, you know, sometimes we work with clients that are complicated build steps for a variety of reasons, but in terms of like, oh, just something for them to test on a staging server or a QA server or something like that, we typically have a pretty short route from, I've got this thing, we've done pull requests, code is good, now let's get it for the client to test. On mobile, it's not quite exactly like that. Was that a hindrance for you? Was that something you had to adjust to? Yeah, um, being a PHP developer who uses continuous integration and continuous deployment on most of my projects, it was pretty weird to not be able to continuously deploy. You have to bundle everything well in advance. You freeze your code at a specific point, and then it's actually a huge process to get it into the App Store and publish it. There's reviews by Google and Apple. 
So it is a totally different mindset about publishing and deploying. Um, if you have a bug, you have to wait until the next version to fix it. So you just have to be a lot more careful when you approach deployments and publishing. Yeah, I'm trying to, I, I was, as you were talking, I was trying to think if, if I felt like we had to really set expectations differently about like how long it would take things to get ready for testing, right? Because like I said, normally on a project, we can be pretty quick about it. But I feel like in this case, most of the, f a lot of the folks who we work with, who are lucky enough to work with, they've heard enough about, oh, I got to do this for, you know, if I want to get it into the, you know, app store and what about beta testing? And I, I don't feel like that's too much of a, of a hindrance on their end, but does that sound right to you? Uh, yeah, I think their expectations were uh, managed going into the app store publishing. Like they knew what to expect. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. think any client wants a mobile app and isn't aware of how annoying it is to publish on the app stores. I've got two two more questions for you. Uh, if you were so, this is uh, <laughs> this, you could take you could take this question wherever you'd like. Uh, maybe not this specific mobile app. Uh, if you don't want to specifically talk about this project that we worked on, but in the future, if you were asked to build a mobile app and you could, this could be for personal or this could be uh, at Titan, would you would you sort of go to would you would you choose Native Script View again, or would you sort of maybe go back and reevaluate and do some more research about what's you know what's the newest thing in React? As someone who likes Vue.js, I would probably go back to native script Vue. Like I said, I did pick it for a personal project, which was right. totally just for fun. Right, um, right. It was a, a mobile game that I was going to make that I wanted to also be available on the web. Um, so the code sharing aspect does really appeal to me for projects like that. And I just don't really have that much experience with React. So I think React Native would be a much bigger hurdle, hurdle for me to get over um, to actually publish and be productive in a mobile app setting. So yeah, I would pick it again. Is there? It's probably come a long way since I last used it. I would imagine. I was gonna say, is there is there like one or two things that, and if you can't remember this, that's fine because it's from last year. But were there one or two things where you were thinking, you know, if only they had added this, it would have made my life much easier. Yeah, there were some distinct pain points using a technology <laughs> that was this new. Um, I ran into issues trying to connect the dev tools to the mobile emulators. That was an issue because both I iOS and Android don't allow insecure HTTP connections by default. So that was a pain, getting the dev tools to communicate. Um, there are also just some architectural issues. Like in a mobile app, you have a side drawer that needs to slide out from the side of the app. Uh, so there's a plugin for that in native script, but it interferes with gestures on Android. So you just kind of can't do anything about that. You just have to code around it. So there's all these like little annoyances that come with using a tech that's so new that it's still pretty buggy. But I still think it was worth it just because I went from zero to basically published on the App Store in just a month or two. So it's pretty quick. That is really quick. Okay. So one last question for you. What, and I'm, I'm cribbing this from another podcast that I really like, so I'm not the person who originated this way to ask a last question. What's one thing I should have asked you about Vue Native Script that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Ooh, good question. I would probably say the pain points. <laughs> I just covered that. <laughs> um, there are downsides to using any super new technology. And I think it's it's definitely worth considering if you can if your pain tolerance is high enough to deal with those things. Um, but you just get so many benefits uh, from using technology that you already know. If you're really comfortable in Vue, you can still write view and it feels exactly the same as the view that you're used to. And you can produce a complete working mobile app just with your Vue.js knowledge. So sounds pretty awesome then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Sarah, that's honestly, that's all I have. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining me today and talking a bit more about uh, native script and uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening.